I'll tell you why you're here. I will tell you why you're here. It's because awesome. Brian, it's because Brian is like Richard Dreyfus in What About Bob? Okay. <laughs> he, just, he just, he like disappears. And I'm like Bill Murray just showing up on his porch. <laughs> I'm podcasting. I'm podcasting. <laughs> Man, I was hoping, you know what? I guess I didn't realize Brian wasn't going to be here. Oh, no, no. Uh, longtime listeners to the Managing Expectations podcast know that, yeah, Brian, you know, look, when he can, when he can work it in, you know, between golf <laughs> and like jetting to Macau. <laughs> On his private jet? He's got probably, his own jet? <laughs> probably. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he owns one. I think it's like a it's like a timeshare for for golf streams. He's out taking luge lessons. <laughs> you know, I've I've always thought that I could be pretty good at the luge. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a sport where you just kind of lie there. <laughs> awesome. Okay, you ready? Oh, I thought we already started. No. Now we're starting. All right. Let's start. I'm full of energy today. Man, I started the day with uh, energy. Yeah. Welcome to the Managing Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me is the Segundo, Jared Reiser. Howdy, Jared. I wish I was on a boat. Me too. Yeah, yeah. If you could be on a boat in any body of water right now, where would it be? The Galapagos Islands. Okay. I would you know, totally or anywhere in the anywhere Mexico. in the Mediterranean too. What? Gulf of, yeah, Gulf of Mexico. You know, it's amazing. I mean, the Mediterranean is like so beautiful, but and it doesn't have any of the heavy weather. It doesn't like have her. Well, it has heavy weather, but it, but it doesn't have hurricanes. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. It's like Hawaii doesn't have like spiders or ants and stuff that kill you maybe me you and brian could all go in on a boat me and you put in a thousand bucks and he pays for the rest. or brian could just buy a boat <laughs> and we could, we could work on it i want to own part of it you know at, at least own i don't know one of the chairs <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay brian can buy a boat and you can bring you can bring the i'll bring i'll bring the furniture <clears throat> so um are you reading anything so i haven't read anything in a while i've been listening to a lot of podcasts oh yeah anything i haven't heard of <laughs> well you said you did say you listened to one episode 
uh, I think it was of Conan O'Brien's podcast, and it was the one where about uh, Norm Macdonald. I did. I listened to the end. Yeah, Norm Macdonald. That was a good one. It's it's nice to hear stories from those who were close to him. Yeah, and and, and it just knocks me out that nobody knew he was sick. Well, he didn't tell anybody. It's you know th those kind of people drive me crazy. I, I it would it would I would be so angry if one of my relatives, especially or somebody you know, one of my best friends. Yeah, a close friend, and they don't. It just. It doesn't I mean, obviously, sense. we don't know. I mean, for all we know, you know, I, I don't know, Letterman knew or whatever, but um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, anybody who knew was in a pretty tight circle. Norm MacDonald kept a pretty tight circle of friends. Yeah. Circle that, of trust. I, I, I just love how, you know, all, all of his friends, almost every one of his close friends, they're like, it's almost like he was rarely serious with them you know you ask hey how you doing uh, norm he's like oh well you know uh i bought a farm <laughs> just it goes into a story a ridiculous story <laughs> yeah so after so uh, i'm sorry am i interrupting no 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 go ahead go ahead well no so i mean i looked up a couple of things the the people were talking about that I'd never seen before. Okay. So like they, they roasted somebody, like they did one of those comedy central roasts. And those are, those are usually pretty rough. So I don't, I don't watch oh, yeah. those. Those are, cause yeah. yeah, those are, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember who it was. Was it, was it Bob Saget? I, I, I honestly don't remember who it was, but he just got up and his whole shtick was just telling like dad jokes. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, he just told like the lamest, <laughs> the lamest jokes. And, and like, that was like the whole thing. And then, and so like bombing was the hilarious thing about it <laughs> because, because everybody knew that Norm Macdonald couldn't have been that unfunny if he, if he was trying and he kind of yeah. was trying and it turns out like on a level, it's hilarious. Um, what was the other one? The other one was, um, he told this, do you know a shaggy dog story is it, it's, it's just, it just is, is a story that you can just fill in. It, it's like, essentially it's a joke that you can just fill in with, it's like a Mad Lib uh, kind of thing. Detail, you can just just a, just a lot of detail, and so he tells that story about the uh, um, the moth that goes the to the podiatrist. So so apparently, and I think it was on Conan O'Brien, and somebody had canceled, or they had like eight minutes to fill, and he they said, Norm, we're sorry to put you on the spot, but you got to fill like eight minutes, 37 seconds. <laughs> so he just starts telling this joke about a moth flies in to a podiatrist and it is like so rich in detail. <laughs> I, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was like reading a Russian novel. Incidentally, the moth and all of his children had Russian names, okay? <laughs> just like, where does that come from, right? 
And uh, <clears throat> anyway, I mean, apparently it was all off the top of his head. So, so, you know, we don't, obviously we don't know. And yes, it would make me mad if a friend of mine were, was uh, dying of cancer or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Sick with cancer and, and, and didn't say anything. On the other hand, on the other hand, I don't know. What can you do? Yeah. Yeah. I just uh... I don't want to be surprised by, you know. <laughs> Oh. I'm the kind of person who would tell. I, I would tell my close friends and you know, I'd tell my family. Because <clears throat> I you'd think towards, you know, especially if you're if it's terminal illness, you'd want to be with those close to you until the end. Right. Yeah, but you ought to be living that way anyway, right? I guess. <laughs> Telling your your loved ones you love them. <laughs> Don't postpone joy, you know? Jeff. All that I love crap. You, man. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it. You're, you are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I use that expression today. <laughs> oh, man. Did you really? I, you know what I that means? I, 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 that, means I, that means we had a bro connection. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? Don't, we had don't a bro connection. No, that's. <laughs> do you know what a portmanteau is? If I if I don't know, it's I can't like afford it. <laughs> You're such an idiot. You're thinking of another toe right now, aren't you? You can't help yourself. You idiot. <laughs> uh, all right. So. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, so. Which, let Let me share with you some of the. Some of the okay. So you you mentioned before you're not a big fan of Conan. I think maybe you might like the podcast better than his show, um, especially if you pick specific interviews because because he's been around so long. He he's been able to get everybody. Yeah, and people seem to people seem to like him. <clears throat> I just I don't think he's that funny. I mean, he yeah. may be a scream. I mean, he may be a terrific writer. Uh, but I haven't found him to be that funny extemporaneously. I mean, I think he's kind of juvenile. Like, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of his shtick is stuff that we did in high school, you know, but he, but he, he still does it. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't think he's a great interviewer, you know, I don't think he's like, you know, I mean, he's, he seems affable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I've looked at a podcast or two. Um, I would, I would maybe pick a couple, maybe, maybe specific ones that, you know, got people you'd be interested in him interviewing. So, like I said, he did a, he did a cool little six, uh, you know, there's six mini episodes with Dana Carvey and, you know, just lets, he lets Dana just show off, you know, lets him do what he does best. So one that just killed me, there's a bunch of other things too, is, <clears throat> He would do, he did this, you've heard him do Carson before, you know, it's yeah. one he used to do all the time. So he would do, he was doing Carson getting pulled over by a cop in the seventies. <laughs> and so I, I, well, I'm going to do a couple, premise. I'll do a, and it's like, okay, so here's the thing is once you hear what he says, I bet we could come up with some funny ones as well. But the fact that he had this idea in the first place is just crazy. So 
so he's you know he's saying imagine Carson you know he's driving and <laughs> it's a it's in the 70s and the cop pulls him over and uh cop comes up and he's like oh uh sorry I was swerving there officer I I had a couple of slippery monkeys at the hook and crook <laughs> so he's he does several of these just ridiculous, cheesy, you know, prohibitions, you know, type drinks or, or whatever with goofy names from a, a crazy club that was probably around in the 70s. Sli- I, I, slippery monkeys at the hook and crook. At the hook and crook. That, and then, that's, that's genius. Then he, wow. <laughs> and then he goes, I had a couple of uh, strawberry boom booms at the winking rat. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, um, um, I dated Strawberry Boom Boom a couple of times. <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> so, so like, I wish I could remember more. He, he just, he could keep going. He's just, he had like a ton of them, and and like each one was just as you know clever as the. It's so funny. Just it's such a funny premise because I mean all of that like mid mid twentieth century. I mean in the seventies, right? SoCal was just booming, and I mean just all of that stuff's on YouTube now, right? And like just Sinatra and Burt Reynolds and everybody showing up with their shirts, you know, undone to you know halfway down their hairy chest and. Um, (laughs) where did he have the strawberry boom booms at the the winking rat (laughs) oh and i can't remember that gosh the next one he did was i had a couple of uh a couple of foaming schwans at something oh my gosh he just kept he just kept going just ridiculous drink names and the names of the clubs were hilarious and he could just yeah uh yeah he i think just he's got going. you know i think he has a podcast but i don't know if he like the, the thing with guys like dana carvey is they, they really don't have to do it so at this point i i have <laughs> to assume they have enough money and um you know they're not you know, they, they, they don't have to do it. And so if, if there's not any money in it, why should they, unless, you know, they just want to stay active and with COVID they can't tour. I mean, I understand that um, uh, some of those Saturday Night Live guys, I mean, I think that like maybe Dana Carvey and Dennis Miller and Kevin Nealon or-, or Oh man, Kevin, okay, so- was, part of the lineup and so yeah that's another great one to listen to he interviews kevin nealon oh man that guy is so he's just really when he's he's funny when he's not trying to be funny i think that's the thing is when he's when he's just being himself in the interview yeah he yeah he was he was i wasn't really watching saturday night live for a large portion of the 90s i guess um, he did a uh, weekend update, right? Yeah, Kevin he did Nealon? weekend update, and I don't remember a single bit that 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 struck me as funny. No, that I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't remember him being particularly funny on weekend update. It was more 
I, I, I liked, you know, Dennis Miller and Norm MacDonald. See, and I actually, um, I actually think that the high, high watermark was Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Oh man. Yeah. They were great. God, they were so funny. I, I just, yeah, I, I still think they're funny. I still, I, I, I still say they're the funniest women. I, I actually think I may even think Poehler's funnier than Faye. Uh, I've listened to her in some, some interviews and she is hilarious. She's super quick. She's, I think she's quicker, a little quicker and wittier than Tina. Uh, I could, I could, I could see that. And um, Tina might be smarter. Oh, I think for sure. And, and I think she, Tina Fey is more of a writer as opposed to uh, a performer. I, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard, so like my opinion on uh, 30 Rock compared to Parks and Recreation. Um, for me, 30 Rock all boiled down to Jack Donaghy and Liz Lemon. And every other character on the show was peripheral and I just- Replaceable. I never, <laughs> you know, Kenneth, Kenneth had some hilarious subplots. Um, uh, what did he call whiskey? Uh, mountain milk? Something milk, mountain milk. Mmm, mountain milk. <laughs> Just out drinks the entire. <laughs> Is that the one where they ended up playing poker, and Donaghy says, uh, "says Well, it's time for you to head on home and walk around in your daddy's shoes." It's like you're scaring me, Mister Donaghy. <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's a different. That's a different episode, but he does start. Yeah. He starts okay. talking about Stone Mountain in that conversation. <laughs> okay, okay. So so it was just about those two characters for me. I mean, I didn't yeah. care about Jenna and I didn't care about Tracy Morgan. Uh, but with Parks and Rec, I, I, I enjoyed almost all those characters. I mean, everybody had something hilarious going on. Right? So I, I, so I was, just thought I it think... was more of a, a full, fully fle fleshed out show but more rounded. You know, I, I think Tracy, Tracy Morgan would have been third for me, third favorite. Cause I feel like when he, when he had his moments and when he was funny, he was really funny. Well, and then you he know? got sick, right? He got sick and like was barely in the show in, in like the middle of its run. And so oh, like, really? they, okay. yeah. And then they came up with like some Chappelle like, um, uh, plot line where he was like off in Africa and then they like brought in Tracy's wife and she had like the whole entourage it got I I, I mean it was it was forced and contrived I thought um and it was all because Tracy Morgan was sick in real life I don't I don't know yeah. remember he got his bus got hit by that Walmart yes oh, I don't know if that was died. or if it was some other thing no, no, no. That that was after the, getting hit was a while after Thirty Record ended. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um. So I want to go back. So so uh, Dana Carvey still kills me, and he still kills me <laughs> with stuff like I haven't even heard it, but I just know that. This, I mean, you know, Carson would have been hilarious. Um. See, like, I think Martin Short can be funny. 
But like, mm-hmm. if you see him on an interview show, he always trots out his Catherine Hepburn imitation, <laughs> right? It's always his goofy dance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so like, he, he kind of does his like the same shtick, and I think it's it hasn't worn especially well. I, I yeah. there's that guy, um, what's his name? He was Lieutenant Weinberg in um, A Few Good Men. Um, <laughs> Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack and he uh, he does like this great Peter Falk imitation who he was the guy who played Columbo so he can do a thing where like he can like move one eye and keep the other eye immobile so it's (laughs) like he's got the glass eye so he can like do the glass eye so I actually just I just thought of another thing he did, and, th- and this is greatness too, because he does several of these, but uh, Car- so Carvey does a pretty good uh, Obama, Barack Obama. And so he did, he did Obama, <laughs> he did Obama pitching ideas to Netflix. And he's like, um, okay, so uh, I've got this idea. There's an alien from outer space and he comes down to earth and befriends a little girl. And they're like, uh, Mr. President or <laughs> Mr. Obama, that sounds like E.T. He's like, really? Oh, yeah, dang it. Michelle, what do you got? (laughs) (laughs) And so that's it. That's him giving ideas and it's movies that have already been done and it always ends in, really? Well, yeah, dang it. Michelle, what do you got? (laughs) That's See, that's funny too. I know. And he just keeps So now everybody's turned off the Managing Expectations podcast and they're looking for Dana Carvey on Conan (laughs) O'Brien. I'm I'm practically ready to do that. But okay, so here here's something, Jeff, to look out for. If you if you give a few of his episodes a try, I I I do agree that Conan does have like this this inner child, you, you know, that like he isn't hasn't completely grown up yet you know he's he can be real hyper he sometimes reminds me of like jim jim carrey you know he just can't settle down you know he he is real hyper he yeah he can be a little immature but when he starts getting serious there are some things about him that remind me of you because i do think he can be very he can be very witty and he loves history like i'm learning a lot about history just by listening to him so he loves history, but then he can make just these crazy, funny, witty jokes about history. And I feel like that that's going to help me remember <laughs> what I'm learning. So I think the podcast is a little different than what you've seen when you saw him doing his late night show. I feel like it's different. Maybe, maybe. I mean, so I may not have the, I mean, for one thing, he's doing it. I mean, you know, at, as as we are living proof you just essentially need a computer and a microphone and you can you can have your own podcast uh i assume that he has uh sponsors that he (laughs) but he wouldn't have to um but what he wouldn't necessarily have is like big shots at nbc and tbs saying you know you can't say that or you can't do that joke well, yeah. So, like, even um, and, and I if think in he, fact, if 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 in fact I've sold him short, and and I have some he has some similarities with me, uh, that would uh, help explain why I dislike him so much. Uh, <laughs> um, 
because, <laughs> because I find people like me to be an astonishing pain in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some people think it's uh, humility, but uh, nope, it's, uh, it's self-loathing. See, okay, so see that joke right there, I could, I could see or hear Conan O'Brien saying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. so that's what I'm talking about. Like there's some well, sim similarities there. <laughs> he, uh, he, he may feel like he's a lonely and misunderstood guy. Um, you know, uh, every once in a while I'll drop in a, a pithy reference to say the Paris peace talks between America and North Vietnam and man just nobody nobody thinks it's funny <laughs> I, I know you probably would not remember this because I, I wouldn't I, I had to look it up but <laughs> I, I wouldn't I'm just making it up right now <laughs> <laughs> I looked up I looked up Conan O'Brien's first show just to kind of see what it was like. And his intro was kind of funny because it's him walking down New York, you know, smiling and strutting. And everybody's like, hey, Conan, good luck on the show. You better be as good as Letterman. You know, and everybody's just like, no pressure. You better be as good as Letterman. And it's just nonstop all the way till he gets to the studio. He goes in smiling, gets in his, uh, gets in his, uh, what is it called? The, I don't know. Like they have like their no 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 their own their own the dressing room. They get in there. He gets it. He goes in his dressing room, <laughs> looks in the mirror, you know, goes like this, points at himself, and then reaches over, grabs a noose, <laughs> 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 throws it up, and gets ready to put it on. They're like, sure. They're like, sir, the show's about to start. <laughs> That's dark. That's pretty funny though. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it, I thought that was funny too because I didn't realize because I. I thought, I mean, Letterman was still on for a while, but they must have switched slots or something like that. Cause I was. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think maybe uh, Conan O'Brien was the late, no, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, wasn't it called the late night show that. Okay, so Letterman maybe before, I, 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 I honestly, I don't, I don't remember and somebody a, a listener could probably help us out with this one, but I think I think when he first started, he followed Letterman, and the show was produced by uh, Letterman's company, which is Worldwide Pants, a Worldwide Pants production, which is hmm. just funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> uh, he. Um, but, but then things got weird and and uh i well see letterman was on nbc and followed carson and then when carson retired people thought that letterman would get the gig but mm -hmm. leno mm -hmm. got the gig and apparently it was really ugly i mean i know that there was a book uh, written about it and I don't, I'm not sure those guys talked for a long time I mean they, you know they're both 
they're both wealthier than creases so mm-hmm. you know it doesn't yeah they'll they'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> they'll bounce back i think they'll be okay <laughs> um yeah you know and 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 leno uh i think still does stuff i think he still is active and stand up and he still has you know works out material and stuff like that and i think letterman's just kind of retired to whatever rural connecticut raising his son well he i don't know is he not still doing that netflix show he oh i don't know started? Well, uh, you know what netflix is the only like is it well and shutter are, are pretty much the only streaming services i don't i don't have because um mm-hmm. uh the chiefs were playing on sunday night football a couple of weeks ago and Mrs. Winger really wanted to watch it. And so I um, pulled the trigger and uh, started uh, subscribing to Peacock. So that's five bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been, I've been using Peacock because um, for a while there, it was hard to watch any of the SNL episodes from like the, you know, the, the Chris Farley years and, you know, Dana Carvey. Oh. You, you couldn't get those years for the, for the longest time and peacock has it available oh. now so, so, so i've been going hulu, through some hulu of only has the latest ones so yeah hulu uh was going back to man it was so frustrating it was like like i don't even think you could watch any of the will ferrell when will ferrell was on either on hulu it was like from the 2000s and up or something like you couldn't get the 90s or the, it's or the 80s, will so. ferrell <laughs> This kid at work started showing me, he pulled it up on his phone, you know, and um, the outtakes for Anchorman, like the blooper reel. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so, some which we can't repeat. I, 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 I didn't. <laughs> it just reminded me, maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen Will Ferrell do was a sketch um, when, when a company, it was a Saturday Night Live sketch, and... Uh, <laughs> The company was instituting casual Fridays, and he shows up in, um, in the bikini. A, a star spangled <laughs> speedo, speedo. Uh, <laughs> and he's like getting right up, right up on him. <laughs> and like at one point, he like hoists his leg up on, on and, and puts it on a chair, you know. So he's just—it's <laughs> so ridiculous. It was it was hilarious. So. Conan O'Brien interviews him and talks to him about uh, oh, some yeah. of the things he's done. Like, uh, so, you know, there's been times where he'll, he'll just dress up as, you know, as Anchorman for fun. And well, yeah, some. I mean, I think he, I mean, he, I don't know if he still does, but he had like a Ron Burgundy podcast. podcast like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the things I thought was hilarious that, it, you know, and Will Ferrell said he loved to do this because it would just kind of throw the audience off, but you know how a lot of, uh, comedians will get up on stage and like uh, anybody here from uh, who's who here's from Detroit you know or something like that and so he said as Ron Burgundy he'd like to throw out some crazy city that nobody's ever heard of you know who here's who's here's from uh, Saskatchewan <laughs> just dead silence <laughs> hey anybody in our crowd tonight from Mount Pleasant Iowa <laughs> Uh, all right and so yeah he 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 talked about 
he talked to him about a few of the crazy things he's done as Burgundy. And so I can't remember if he was dressed up as Burgundy, but when he went, he attended an NBA basketball game and somehow got the, the outfit that the security wears and he snuck up and he's just standing there just acting like one of the security guys. <laughs> and I guess he had told Shaquille O'Neal he was gonna do it. And so Shaquille O'Neal played a little role with him and he he threw Shaquille O'Neal out of the <laughs> out of the stadium. <laughs> it looks like Shaquille's having an argument with him and Farrell's just like, like basically you gotta go. And he turns him around. It's almost like he's holding him, like he's got him handcuffed and he's walking Shaquille O'Neal out of the so this is when Shaq was still playing. No, no, no. Shaq, uh, Shaq was just at the game. Yeah, he wasn't actually. Oh, playing. I see. Okay. Yeah. So it didn't actually interfere with the workings of an NBA game. No, 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 no. Fine. Well, all right then. Yeah, but another another funny guy though. Uh, yeah, though I didn't really, I, I didn't watch Saturday Night Live <laughs> uh, then really either. Um, I mean, they, they, they cleaned house. And I think that there was some really, you know, Molly Shannon and Anna Gasteyer are, are, are very talented. Uh, I never really cared for Sherry O'Terry. She always played that like hyperventilating. Um, she, she was like one of the, she was the cheerleader along with Will yeah. Ferrell's cheerleader. Um, and, and, and she's never really, I never really found her funny. I'm trying to think who else was on <clears throat> that that lineup but i mean there were some yeah. talented people i just never really watched it yeah yeah uh i remember i mean i remember watching um we, we were still in portland and i watched uh the one where chris farley uh hosted and he came back and he he had put on a lot of weight and you know he was he was working it pretty good, but um, uh, he's, I, you know, I think he was dead at, uh, a few weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I've been reading uh, Steve Van Zant's book, uh, Unrequited Infatuations. Uh, Steve Van Zant is uh, Springsteen's longtime sideman co-producer but he quit he quit the band right about the time springsteen hit it really big um oh wow yeah but, but then he they you know they got back together and so he's been with them ever since um but let's see I mean, he played a role in the sopranos and then he played a role in the netflix show lillahammer lillahammer uh, about a, he, he plays a mob boss who is going to get uh, assassinated but and he's so resentful that they were going to kill him that they flipped on him and then he goes into witness protection and he always liked the sound of the Lilla, of Lillehammer Norway after um, after the Olympics the Winter Olympics were there in like 92 <laughs> so he goes into hiding in Norway and, uh, <laughs> you know, hilarity ensues, but I also think, um, 
sex and violence. I don't know. So, so apparently it was like it was like the biggest show ever in Norway. The biggest <laughs> Norwegian show ever. And anyway, um uh net Netflix, you know, put money into it. So that was just it was just kind of interesting. But I'm reading it and um it's interesting because he's he's kind of more of an arranger producer and stuff. I mean, he's like he's a side man. Uh, I mean, he he has his own band. He can be a front man, but he likes being Springsteen's rock and roll consigliere. And so he um, I mean, that that's kind of his that's kind of his main thing. And so I'm you know, I'm such a Springsteen fan. I I appreciate the some of the arguments that went into making some of the music, you know, that that's meant so much to me anyway. So I'm working on that. I'm also, cool. I'm also reading. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a writer. Uh, he, he uh, named PG O'Rourke. I've mentioned it before on the podcast. He uh, um, was like a foreign affairs correspondent for Rolling Stone, but he was actually becoming kind of, that he was actually kind of, <clears throat> conservative and a, of, a, of a libertarian bent, which is just like, look, we just don't want the government telling us what to do, whether it's about birth control or drugs or whatever, you know, don't, you know, so I mean, that's just the, 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 the a libertarian just wants the least amount of uh, government possible. But then he's also kind of conservative because he seems to think that there are things worth fighting for and like libertarians almost never do they think a nation uh, a nation's um, uh, defense apparatus is for defense if you're attacked then you fight but otherwise stay out of the middle east for example right so mm -hmm. that's the libertarian <laughs> position so anyway so pj o'rourke's uh written about politics and world affairs when nobody else I mean, people write about politics a lot. So like uh, his breakthrough book was um, a book called Parliament of Horrors, uh, which he wrote in 1988. And it had like this really great line that giving money to Congress is like giving whiskey and car keys to teenage boys. <laughs> Great, right? I mean, so uh, so he's he he put out a new book, I think, uh, right before, like last year, uh, called uh, a, "A Cry from the Far Middle," and uh, it, I mean, some of it's some of it's uh, a retread uh, of uh, <laughs> stuff he's gone over before, but I mean, just just in the um, polarized ed age. That we live in i mean it is it's unbelievable i mean how i mean you know it's hard to imagine a country like <laughs> more ideologically divided than two, 2016 and you know the the people who supported hillary clinton and the people who supported donald trump but mm -hmm. uh there's still people supporting donald trump and you know i mean so it's just 
you know what it's I mean? Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, it seems like everybody's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's like everybody's like, yeah, we think Joe Biden's doing a great job. Why? <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't we? I mean, everything's fine. Don't you think it's fine? Return to normalcy. <laughs> so. You know, and in the meantime, I mean, there's just all this crazy stuff on the edges. So, you know, hang around, could get interesting. Uh, you have you seen the new James Bond movie? No, I want to, but it, can you stream it yet? I doubt it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think the nearest movie theater is Denver. Gunnison <laughs> doesn't have a theater. Uh, no, no theater in Gunnison, and the one in Crested Butte. It was a small one. It had it never reopened. Oh, after COVID. And I want to say the last time I was in Montrose. Um, Montrose. You know, does. Montrose has. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that's close. Yeah, no, but you know what? I'm sorry. I, I stupid me. I just forgot about uh, the pandemic, economic lockdown. And the fact that, uh, yeah, maybe not even Montrose has uh, an operating movie theater. I'll probably just wait, you know, to stream it. I, I, I think, uh, I think I may be about done with movie theaters. It, it's just, it's nice being able to just watch it in the comfort of your own home, no distractions. <laughs> in the com in the comfort of your brother-in-law's. <laughs> oh no oh, I, I wish <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was in that cabin <laughs> um, uh, so have you watched have you have you watched anything any good yeah we finished uh, only murders in the building that's been uh, um, was that what is that what I said only murders in the building I meant uh, I saw I, I watched uh, rewatched a bug's life did you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, no. I, I, you know, Julene loves, Mrs. Winger loves that movie. And I reference it all the time. That, that one scene is like, is like the parable <laughs> of my life. Okay. Like when the leaf falls and it separates the ants from who are like following the ant in front of them. <laughs> and they're like, everybody, all the ants are panicking. And the one guy's like, just walk around the leaf. <laughs> just, just walk around the leaf. Yeah, I, I liked, I liked ants. <laughs> I preferred ants with, with Woody Allen. <laughs> Uh, I've always been a small, I've always been a small ant uh, ever since I was a lava. I've never been able to lift more than two times my body weight. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever seen, what, what? No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Have you ever seen um, Over the Hedge? Yes. Oh, the squirrel. Uh, oh my god steve carell's like the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life when he takes Spo it was okay. an energy I, drink, I right? spoiler <laughs> alert spoiler alert but let's just say okay so like so like the uh the uh russian novelist vladimir Nabok nabokov said that uh if you have a gun in the in the first act it has to be fired in the third act okay you can't just have a gun in the plot for no reason and in over the hedge 
Nabokov's gun is an energy drink. (laughs) (laughs) So when Bruce Willis's raccoon, you know, says, Uh, tells Steve Carell's squirrel that absolutely positively not, you must not drink the energy drink. (laughs) I'm just telling you, in the third act, it's going off. That was so great. Yeah. It was great. It was so funny. I mean, it just it just kills me. Um you know, hey, we've what, also what did been... you what did you think of Incredibles 2? Um that's okay. I, I think I still prefer the, the first one. The first one is great, right? Super mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I love and, the first one. Yeah. I, and I like the second one. Um, but I think, yeah, (laughs) it it was missing something. It it was missing something. I'm not sure what, but it it was enjoy. I mean, it was fun to watch. I mean, I think, I think, I do think it was still a good movie. It's just, I I think I, I thought the first one was great. Okay. So I actually think, okay, maybe. You know, like, I, I'm not trying to sound creepy. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you about to say? <laughs> Does anything good ever come after that sentence? <laughs> it better not be dirty. <laughs> you better keep it PG-13. <laughs> No, I just, I just think that they, they, they drew uh, Elastigirl. I think they really leaned into the, oh. booty, the bootylicious <laughs> a- aspect. I mean, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? I didn't notice. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Elastigirl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah. I- it, it, you know, it's supposed to be a okay, case so, <laughs> All right, so it's not just me. So it's not just me. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, and then they had like all the teenagers, you know, and I mean, I just, I, I, I don't, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, at the risk of sounding like just a crabby old man, you know, I mean, in my day, you got a punk rock haircut and then, you know, you, you know, you grew it out and you, grew up and you got over it and you know and you didn't just like keep with like the david bowie hair until you know you were in your 20s and um so anyway you know going back to to bond did you did you see it have you seen the latest one no i've been mrs winger and i have been keeping uh really different hours uh, so I've been tempted to take her to the theater to see it. I don't yeah. expect it's going to be very good. Uh, I, I, I think the the best one of these, um, uh, the Dane, I mean, you know, and Brian and I have talked about this and, you know, I mean, there's like all these kids who think Daniel Craig is like the only James Bond, <laughs> you know, and, and um they must have forgot you know about Roger Moore. They don't, they, don't, they don't read history like me and Conan O'Brien. 
So, so I, so I learned something about Roger Moore on Conan O'Brien's podcast, and I'm forgetting who he's interviewing about this. Uh, I'll, maybe it'll come to me in a second. Right now, but I guess Jared's massaging his temples. That's how oh, he's thinking. Must remember. Must remember. It's important. <laughs> no, it's not important to the story. So Roger Moore in the in the remember View to a Kill with Christopher Walken and Chris Jones. Uh, so, you know what? I saw I watched that in like 1984 when it came out at a drive-in. I was I'm sure I was hammered, and you you know you may recall what a great movie experience drinking beer in at a drive. I was about to say was. what were you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Coors Light. Brian shared a shared a, an onion headline about uh, uh, it's something like uh, local man stops drinking before microbrew explosion or renaissance microbrew renaissance or something like that. So so this guy <laughs> stops drinking, and you know he only ever knew you know Miller High Life. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so apparently, I guess at that point, Roger Moore was like almost 60 years old. Yeah, he, was... he, he, he played Bond way too long. And right. I guess the, uh, I haven't seen that one in forever, but the the girl who was supposed to be kind of the love interest, um, he he made it clear, I guess, to the, the director or, or, or whoever that he did not want to do any kind of love scene you know, with her because she was like 20 some years old or something. And he's like this 60 year old man playing Bond. So if you know, if you go back and watch that movie, apparently there is nothing, You do, there is no like love scene between him and the main girl. Really? And it's because he, he said that he would have felt really uncomfortable well, doing mean, that. You know, look, if, you know, I'm, I'm leaning hard on 60 now and, uh, I just gotta say, I mean, if it's if it's if it's what the script calls for, I mean, if it's really necessary for the character, uh, <laughs> but it but it says to do it here in the script. <laughs> you know, Big Polly and I were watching a movie, and um, I you know it was I don't know it was on TBS or something. It was uh, it was it was absolutely edited, and uh, he's like. How do you think? How do you think they do that? Because because it's like it's like a man and a woman in bed, right? <laughs> and um, uh, so so the, so uh, I, I've heard. Okay, first of all, it's just like it's a weird situation because there's like fifty people on the set. Right. I mean, there's like tons of people around yeah. cameramen, light, lighting, <clears throat> mm -hmm. sound, whatever. Craft services, bringing in salads, whatever, you know. And um, uh, what was the other thing? Um, I heard I heard an actor say something. Like, I mean, I mean, is like telling the story. Um, it's like one of. I just want to apologize in advance because one of two embarrassing things is going to happen. Either this will be um, a 
arousing or it won't be. So that was, that was <laughs> like, I guess. Why can't it be both? Sometimes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so anyway, huh. it's weird. You know, probably in a perfect world, I, I just, I just ran, I just came across this again. It's like some other sentiment that, I mean, the, the, the idea is that in a perfect world, you wouldn't really need drama or imaginative fiction that, you know, you, that it's a coping mechanism for all of us now, you know, whatever TV, movie, TV in the, in the modern day, but in a, since ancient times, you know, the theater, and then of course, you know, books since Gutenberg and, uh, you know, I mean, since the mid 20th century, I mean, books in America are pretty abundant, though, who knows, that's, that's going away too. You know, when you were talking about Craig, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I so I just not... I was just gonna, I was just gonna say I didn't I didn't. Um, Skyfall was okay. Skyfall was okay. Um, and that not was probably the, the better. Not even the... the exquisite fifty-five-year-old Monica Bellucci could uh, save could save Spectre. I know. I know. I know. That is a. I mean, things go on. She's gonna. I mean, I mean, right now you got you got Sophia Loren, you got Monica Bellucci, and then you got Gina Lola Brigida. In you know, is it like a distant third? I forgot it was a Bond movie when I was watching it. <laughs> what is this movie? She's in it for like. <laughs> she, she was in it about as long as Gal Gadot was in Batman versus Superman, and um, it, you know, but. Yeah. So anyway, so anyway, Daniel Craig runs off with the uh, the other chick who um, has the funny uh, French name. And honestly, Brian and I have like did all this before, but um, I can never remember her name. Ledoux something. Chris Ledoux, maybe. I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, but she, you know, she looks like she's, I don't know, 17 or something. I guess did, I guess you, Daniel Craig's um, not really working with Roger Moore's, you know, May September ethics. <laughs> I had heard. Um, I can't believe I had never heard this before, but I guess in the in the one the movie Spectre that he did, did you hear about him when he does the fight scene with Dave Bautista? That he no. Craig accidentally broke his nose. Broke Dave like Batista's nose. Yeah, it, it's actually kind of a funny interview. So the, I mean, that that's the one thing I do love about Craig. He's the only Bond that I actually believe could do what he does. Did did, did most of his stunts, and so he's really wrestling around with Batista, and they just were really getting into it. And he accident. He just he was supposed to. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know how to throw a fake fake punch. I only know how to do it for real Jeff but uh anyways he was supposed to do a <laughs> you're you are quite the scrapper <laughs> but he uh he he accidentally hit him broke his nose and Craig said the second he realized he hit him he took off running because <laughs> 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 because as tough as Daniel Craig is 
Bautista's got guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got stool bigger than Daniel Craig. <laughs> I got chunks in my stool bigger than you. Uh, that's a, that is an ancient callback. That's Phil yeah. Hartman doing Sinatra. That's hilarious. So see what I mean? You can you can watch that now on Peacock. You can see some of the old Phil Hartman. Yeah, uh, or you can watch it on YouTube. Maybe. Yeah, you could do that too, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is there... You would think, you would think that some of these platforms like the the major networks would be big enough that they wouldn't have to depend on YouTube, but maybe, maybe that's not true. I mean, if ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox all said, you know what, we don't want you showing our clips, getting our customers data on YouTube. Um, if you want to watch the Saturday Night Live sketch, go to peacock.com or whatever. Have you ever watched any of, uh, so Phil Hartman was one of my favorite reoccurring characters on The Simpsons. He did, uh, All right. hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from the erotic adventures of Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I thought he was a, he, was he a newscaster or was he an, uh, a retired uh, actor? So yeah, Troy McClure was like a, an, an aged uh, actor. And so he, instead of seeing him in a lot of films, he was always in these how-to videos or, right. you know, the school would play a video of, you know, how, how meat is made from cows or something, you know, and it always starts off, it always starts off with him. I'm Troy McClure. Yeah, you may remember me. And yeah, so he's got a bunch of great <laughs> one-liners. <laughs> see, see, Conan O'Brien wrote for The Simpsons, right? Early on. Yeah, he was he was there for a couple of the early seasons. Yeah, before it like really took off, I think. I heard somebody talking about this though, and they said like the first the first few seasons of The Simpsons were didn't didn't hold up well at all, and that mm -hmm. it was it was just like <clears throat> um. Well, in, in fact, I think I think that's what forged uh, Julene's um, uh, attitude t towards it. Um, it was it was just like you know uh, Homer was just the stupidest guy in the entire world, and Bart was just like a juvenile delinquent. Yeah. And, there was no character development yet. It wasn't yeah, until yeah, a little yeah. later on where, you know, Homer's still stupid, but then it was like clever, stupid. Right. So like, uh, like I, a line I always go to, uh, one of my favorite uh, Homer lines is when he's laying on, <laughs> he's like laying on the couch and he's like, ah, oh, I love these lazy Sundays. And Marge is like, it's Friday and work called. And they said, if you don't come in today, don't bother coming in Monday. And he's like, woohoo, four day weekend. <laughs> just i just can't i i can't imagine throwing uh just i don't know i mean just imagine sitting in a room with like the funniest people people you can hire and just coming up with lines like that so that that's some of my favorite 
storytelling when I'm listening when Conan O'Brien talks about the days he was writing for SNL when he was writing for Simpsons. He said, "Which those did he were, do? By the way, which did he do first? Um, I thought it was Simpsons first. Okay, I don't know. I think I think, but okay. anyways, yeah. He said be, he said it was both of those were some of the most stressful jobs he'd ever had being a writer. But he said, um." being in the room with those guys, throw, tossing ideas around with each other. They just were, die they were killing each other. I mean, they're all dying laughing. And so he's, he said, that's the part he, he loved, but it was a pretty stressful, <laughs> SNL especially, you know, because you need to come up with that stuff quick. You know, you don't have a whole lot of time. <laughs> okay. So I thought of a thing this morning that I thought was just, just hilarious. It just made me laugh, but I just don't know if i mean if it, it was probably just all context but um the boss was playing his playlist at work and it had bob it i swear he played bob seeger's turn the page you ever heard this song oh the turn the page yeah turn the metallica page. redid it you need the saxophone at the beginning. <laughs> On a lonely dark morning, you start on the Which, by the way, would have made this playlist so much better. <laughs> I was not doing it in the ghetto. <laughs> I can oh, listen to Chicago the morning and mother turn the page in the ghetto. In the ghetto. <laughs> uh, so anyway, please turn the page and then play, play Journeys Don't Stop Believing. Okay? Oh, gosh. Which, which, I mean, hadn't been good since like whatever, 87. <laughs> and then they used it as the last song in The Sopranos. And it gets you sound like life. somebody who stopped believing, Jeff. Shut up. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm thinking as a public service announcement, okay, it should be like ladies and also you men, you, you smallish men with smooth boyish features. <laughs> if somebody with this playlist approaches you in his van. Even if it's a really cool van. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get in. He doesn't have a puppy. He's not going to take you to get ice cream. Don't get in the van. Just, just walk around the leaf. What, what else? Oh, it, it had like another, and it had a second Bob Seger song like a rock okay oh gosh oh by the way my my saxophone solo must have called my dog she might she might we're, we're going to go chase chase the fox <laughs> what kind of animal call was that
Oh, right. I didn't even I didn't even check to see if uh, my dog heard that. Oh, did you get a dog? I inherited Kenny's dog. Oh, cause they're back east. Back back in New York. So what? So you're not watching their their cabin? No, Kenny found somebody to uh, rent it for like. It's like six months. Somebody's renting it for like six months. Some guy, some big shot came into town, Jeff, and he bought, you know, you know, Harmel's. Harmel's. That that, Har- Harmel's. Is it called Harmel's? It's like that. Um, it, it's where you can go to buy like fishing, fishing bait. You know, you can uh, book tours to okay. no, maybe not tours, but like book white, white water rafting. It's like a little setup right close to Kenny's cabin. Okay, has like no, a restaurant uh, in it or whatever. Okay. So anyway, some guy. Are you making it sound like the biggest? Like there's a huge Gunnison Harmel. It's it's pretty uh, much complex. like Disneyland, and you didn't see it. <laughs> it's pretty much the size of Disneyland, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> Brian's favorite place. <laughs> the happiest place on earth. Yeah. By the way, I, yeah. We need so, to check. Anyways. We need to check his Insta because maybe that's where he is. <laughs> Yeah, this guy came in and, and bought a lot of stuff. In Gunnison? Uh, yeah, well. Outside. Okay. I mean, Almont. We call that area Almont. Almont? Almont. Are you, are you doing an accent? I mean, Harmel. It's Almont! <laughs> You've never heard of Almont? Who are you? Uh, 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 excuse me, sir. Please check the reservations. Uh, <laughs> because I represent the Hummels of Almont. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so like if you were to send something to Candy's cabin, you'd have to put in Almont. You can't put in Gunnison. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I we probably don't want to like be any more spe- I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, our Third cabin on the right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I am gonna look at a map app and see if Almont, um, Colorado, is even a thing. <laughs> but anyway, so what? It's between Gunnison and, and Crested Butte. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, like uh, so, like on the as you're passing the road that would take you to the cabin, if you kept going to Crested Butte, you'll see you'll even see a hotel that's called the Almont Resort. Okay, I think that it's worth noting that I mean, I was at Kenny's cabin once in like like 15 years 50, ago. 50 years ago. So I probably don't have the same familiarity with it that you think I have. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. It was only 20 years ago. Jeez. Um, but I will tell you what. Uh, that The bed in that guest room was one of the best night's sleep I ever had. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> yeah, I should think. <laughs> um, but, you know. Anyway, okay, so, so uh, they're back east and there's a renter in the cabin. Fine um yeah how did we get on that uh kenny's out of town 
Were you saying something pertinent to I that? I can't remember. We may have been talking about Gunnison and then switched over to the... Oh, I was saying that some guy bought a lot of property. In right, Hormel. Hormel, Hormel Chile. Uh, what, what, are the name, what are those cheesy little figurines? Uh, Hummel? Hummel figurines? I don't know. I'm not, yeah, yeah. Do a I'm Google not a girl, Jeff. I dolls. Hummel, Hummel, no, it's not. It's not a doll. It's a figurine. Totally I different. don't like dolls. They are spooky. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing Amy Poehler did. She does the best Christopher Walken. <laughs> the Christopher Walken reunion. <laughs> Christopher. We watched that movie, The Deer Hunter. <laughs> the movie hilarious. is hilarious. <laughs> All right. All right. So enough fun. <laughs> were you were you up at 4 30 this morning? No. Why? Because I was. You know. <laughs> you know. Wait a minute. Central or mountain time? <laughs> Central. <laughs> It's five thirty. Oh, minutes. then yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, you know, I came home and I, I laid on the sofa and I about talked myself into a nap and then boom, I woke up and I didn't get back down. So hopefully I sleep good tonight. Yeah, I don't know how you can do it, man. I, I am not a napper. I've tried. I cannot take a nap in the middle of the day. Seriously? Yeah, it's it's. Just can't do it. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, no. Uh, people that take naps live longer. <laughs> well, I've actually I mean, heard that I mean, napping throughout I mean, the day is I, not I, good I don't, for you. <laughs> I don't know if that like breaks down to individuals, but like pl places like, like Spain, uh, like most of Europe, just like, now nah, we're just closing for two hours. You know, you can take Statistics, your <laughs> you can take your Protestant work ethic, and you know, statistics <laughs> show that uh, those who take naps tend to be more handsome. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to be better looking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> no arguments here. <laughs> Uh, man so, it's good to be on the show again too bad uh, it wasn't the uh dynamic threesome no wait that's not right dynamic duo. I wouldn't, the, yeah, let's the, work on our phrasing the, the trio the terrific trio we are a terrific trio um well you got kind of like hoity-toity i mean you were like disappeared and then now you know brian's disappearing and i gotta like you know i'm thinking I, you know, I gotta, I gotta start getting some book reviews together to, you know, do a solo thing. And while I have no doubt that my uh, small but intense following uh, would love to hear me go for forty-five breathless minutes, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I enjoy the back and forth, you know, and it's, it's a little, yeah, no, a little something to tide me over until I get with my therapist on Tuesday. Anytime you can do it uh, later in the day, I, I, I can join later in the day. It's just, you know, I've been, but you know what? I, 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 once it starts snowing, I don't think I'll be doing as much. So I might be able to join you guys more often uh, during the day. 
um, why don't you um, put a snowblade on Kenny's mule and um, do parking lots? You know what? Probably in a, in a place like Gunnison, a mule is not going to be big enough. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's why. What are you driving these not. days? What are you driving? Uh, a Hyundai Tucson. Oh, yeah? Yep. I love it. It's yeah. The, it's my favorite favorite car I've ever had. Seriously? It's just been, yeah, it's just been real good to us. Uh, you know, we, we had a Tucson um and then it started well i mean and then we, fire <laughs> catch fire <laughs> no no it was uh i think it had an air conditioning problem which is kind of a deal breaker here in texas and yeah. uh, i was doing something else and like they were having trouble diagnosing it and so so we just threw up our hands and bought another one so anyway, yeah. we got a we, we got a Santa Fe, but we're very happy with it. Uh, have you seen oh. Have you seen the advertisements for that uh, little um, truck that Hyundai's coming out with the Santa Santa Cruz? Mm -mm. No. Um, How's it look? I, I, it's too soon to tell. I think it's real small. I mean, it'd be like even smaller than my Frontier. Um, you know, which, you know, it could still have some purposes, uh, the, the only ad I've seen for it had like a woman's, uh, like volleyball team, uh, as the characters in the commercial. And, uh, you know, I'm I mean, listening, I, I just, you know, I don't know if they're after the WNBA demographic, uh, maybe after the Subaru demo, I don't know. Um, it, it 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 seems like coming home from Home Depot with a twelve volt drill. <laughs> oh, okay. Could you go back go back to the women's volleyball? <laughs> um, <clears throat> this has been the Managing Expectations <laughs> podcast where we encourage you to just walk around the leaf. We've been brought to you as always by uh, mrswinger.com, by All in a Dream Comics and Books in downtown Denver, Colorado. Call shout Ray, out. what? I said, shout out. <laughs> shut up. Not shut up. Shout out. No. Shout out. Oh, honest mistake. Shut up. <laughs> no, Jeff. I said. <laughs> <laughs> Call Ray at 303 333 uh, 8616. What an advertisement. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, three. He. he, he <laughs> And Chris Levine uh, doesn't have anything to do with our show because uh, he's too busy doing his own, which is awesome. Um, but he can be found on Spotify at um, it's the uh, Refresher Pop Culture Therapy Podcast with Chris Levine. He just does this, you know, he like he 
takes a subject for like 15 or 20 minutes. And then at the end of everything, and this is just like the smartest hook. This is like the best hook because he's on Spotify anyway. And then he does like a Spotify playlist that's like thematically relevant to whatever his subject just was. It's just fantastic. Yeah. It's so smart. It's so much smarter than anything I would do. And by the way, <laughs> if I would add a playlist onto the end, it would just be a new different Springsteen album <laughs> every time. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, i'm such an old guy all right um thanks to jared riser the segundo for uh joining us this evening we hope you enjoyed the show and um uh be careful out there everybody peace and love